Uh, it's always a privilege to get up here and speak to my peers. And uh, I see some older friends, not older friends. Um, <laughs> uh, never mind. Uh, let's, uh, let's read the Word of God together, shall we? Why don't you stand? Let's all read it together. Here we go. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Thank you. Please be seated. A long, long time ago, when I was in Florida, I heard about a man who really loved children. Every day after school, all the neighborhood kids would, would come over to his house, and he had footballs and soccer balls and baseballs and basketballs and rugby balls, and, and they would just play in his backyard, and everybody knew this man just loved children. One day the man got thinking, you know, I think I'm going to put a patio in my backyard and we can set some tables up and the kids can play some board games. So he decided to do that. One day the cement truck showed up and they poured this beautiful patio for him and he leveled it all out nice and smooth and everything. And then he went back into his house. Well, about that time, the children came home from school. And they saw that beautiful patio there, and they decided it needed a little artwork in it. So they put their initials in it, they put their handprints in it, they put their footprints in it, you know, they, they drew little flowers and so on. Well, while they were doing that, the man came out of his house, and he was shocked to see what the kids had done. And he ripped them up one side and down the other. He told them they were no good, they were rotten. He never ever wanted to see those children again. And one little boy said, but mister, I thought you liked children. And he says, I do like children, but I like them in the abstract not in the concrete. <laughs> Still get a laugh on that one, okay. I'll try it again sometime. In my preaching ministry, I spent a lot of time in the abstract. You know, a seminary taught me that you know, every sermon should have basically three components. 
You know, first of all is what? What does the scripture say? And then so what? You know, what does that mean to me? How does it apply to my life? And then the how do I do that? And it's the how do I do that that takes it out of the abstract and, and puts it into the concrete. I was very strong on the what. Taught a lot of scripture, people knew what the Bible passage said. It may have taken me four years to go through Romans, but they knew what Romans said, you know, when I was done. I was less strong in the so what. What does that mean to me? And really almost non-existent in the how do I do that? Well, today I'm not going to really preach a sermon to you. Okay? Well, I'll leave that to Pastor Chad. He does an excellent job. What I want to talk to you about today is some very concrete ways that we can add some variety to our spiritual life. Very specific, very concrete. Now, I have a confession to make to you this morning. I am a person who is very easily bored. Okay? If a television show does not get me, if it doesn't grab me in the first two to three minutes, I grab the remote control and I start channel surfing. And yes, it drives Karen crazy. Okay? Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the same is true with conversations. Uh, you know, chit-chat and, and small talk can, can send my mind racing off into a thousand different directions, and, and I get that glazed look in my eye, you know, and I start looking around, and Karen has had to talk to me about that a number of times also. Okay. Boredom is also one of the biggest enemies of my spiritual life as well. When my devotions become boring, it's not long before they cease completely. Boredom kills intimacy. You know that? Doing the same thing the same way all the time. You know, that which becomes routine can just degenerate into an empty ritual that we're doing. Now, it's not that I have the attention span of a two-year-old. Well, <coughs> maybe sometimes. <coughs> I have spent hours with the Lord in my devotional life at different times. So it's not that, you know, I, I, I just, you know, oh, shiny thing. You know, uh, the, uh, it's not it. But I have found that variety is the spice of life. It really is. Variety is the spice of my devotional life as well. My times with God. Now, some people don't like variety because some people don't like change. You know, they like doing the same thing the same way all the time. You know, there's kind of a comfort, I guess, in that. You know, maybe their devotional life might be reading a devotional, reading every morning and then praying through a name say, in a prayer notebook. And maybe if, if you like that, then maybe this isn't for you today. But if you find yourself longing for more, wanting more out of your times with God, then 
maybe there's something today I'm going to say that, that might help you, might bring some excitement back to our walk and our, our talk with God. Now, I believe in the uh, bulletin this morning, they have put the main points of my message, and uh, that might save you from having to uh, do a little writing. But I just want to talk about some things that I have done that have added some variety to my devotional life that maybe might add some variety to yours. Number one, pray without using the words I, me, my, or mine. You know, sometimes we're not aware of how selfish we are. Even selfish with God. Okay, God, here's what I want you to do. We, we change prayer requests into prayer demands. God, here's the situation, and here's the only answer, and this is what you got to do. I want this. Can you imagine having a conversation with somebody else? And having your conversation filled with me, my, mine, I, all the time. You know, pr- pretty soon people would st- avoid talking with you because you were c- just consumed with yourself. Now, God will never avoid talking with you, all right? B- but it's still self-centered if our prayers are always filled with us talking about what we want, our desires, and, and all of that. Now, there's a time for that. I'm not saying don't pray for your prayer requests. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying let's change it up a little bit. Instead of prayer being, this is what I want, Lord, make, the, make God the focus of our prayer. Okay? Focus on what he wants, what, what he desires, and instead of what we desire. Uh, purposely spend time in prayer without asking for anything. Now there's a challenge, okay? Have you ever noticed how much of our prayer is rote anyway? Yeah, many people say a prayer before their meal, okay? And, And I've noticed when I've spent time with people, you know, at different meals, it is the exact same prayer every time. It's just wrote. You can do it without even thinking about it. Okay? Let's change up our prayer a little bit. And uh, if our prayers tend to be self-focused, let's change them. Let's focus on what God wants. Number two, dialogue with God about a portion of Scripture. Okay? Let's take, for instance, Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. It says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as as in Christ God forgave you. You could take that passage and using that about that portion of Scripture, you, you start talking to God. Say, Lord, it says I'm not to grieve your Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't want to grieve your Holy Spirit. Lord, show me where I'm grieving your Holy Spirit. Uh, It it says that we're not to have bitterness, wrath, evil speaking. Lord, show me 
where I have wrath. Oh, by the way, stop talking then. Okay? You can't go, Lord, show me this, 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 and blah, 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 blah. God can't get a word in edgewise. Okay? Say, Lord, show me where I have bitterness in my life, and then just be quiet. Let him lead and direct. That's part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, show me where I have been speaking evil about people. Some of us would need to wait for a long time on that one because the list might be kind of long. Okay. Lord, show me how to show kindness to people in my life. Show me where and when I can show compassion to someone. Lord, I want to forgive people. Show me who I have not forgiven. You just take a a passage of scripture and you just pray through it like phrase by phrase by phrase, allowing God then to speak to you from his word. Uh, I think Beth Moore uh, wrote the book, uh, Praying Through the Word of God. Man, if you haven't read that one, that, 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 that is a fantastic book to understand more about praying through the word of God. Number three, let God ask us questions. Now, our natural tendency is to ask God, why did you do that? Okay? As if he owes us some explanation. The truth is, he does not owe us explanations, but we might owe him some explanations. The pot does not ask the potter, why did you make me this way? For one week, for instance, allow God to ask you the questions. Now, how do you do that? Well, first of all, you give God permission to do that. Say, God, I want you to ask me some questions. And then open your Bible and start reading through your Bible. And as as you read, ask yourself the question, is there anything here that God might want to ask me a question about? Read it phrase by phrase. God, is there a question here you want to ask me? It might be a question about how you use your time, your your goals, your pain, uh, your fears. It might be about how you stack up to what God is asking of you. When we let God interrogate us instead of the other way around, it really puts him back in his position as Lord. Number four. Oh, it's a good one. There are side benefits to this. Take a servant to lunch and make sure you pick up the tab. Okay? You know, it might be one of our pastors. Might be a pastor's wife. Might be a missionary. You know, we have missionaries right in our church. Okay? It might be a lay person. We've got a lot of those in our church. All right? Tell them how God has used them to help you grow. I don't think there's anything I enjoyed more as a pastor than knowing that actually something that I had said or done, God used in somebody's life. 
And, and I, I'm sure, well, I hope, God did a lot of things that I don't know about. But it sure is encouraging to find out. You know, tell, tell them that you w- would like to make it your mission to pray for them every day for six months. That's going to change your devotional life a little bit. And ask them to share their needs, share their desires regularly with you. And then use that information to to pray for them daily. So it's more than just feeding them physically, you're feeding them spiritually as well. Make that a part of your devotional life. Number five, pray through the newspaper or your electronic news media. Okay, I'm not sure how many people read the newspaper anymore. First Timothy 2, 1 through 2 says this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is more of one of the more fun ones, okay? Uh, get a newspaper. I, I kind of like the paper, you know, in my hand type of thing. And start with the news section. Start praying through what's going on, you know, I- in the world. Take the entertainment section. Pray for that. Take the obituaries. I always check the obituaries nowadays. Um, I'm not looking for my name. But I, I'm, look, I'm looking for ages, okay? Are people dying younger than me uh, out there? Sports. Pray through every section of the paper that God would work through, through people. Pray for those in leadership. Pray for those in political leadership, but pray for those in cultural leadership as well. Cultural leaders often have more influence than political leaders. Have you noticed that? That These people would have a great influence for God if they allowed God to control their lives and their works. Pray for them that they would come to Christ if they haven't already and that they would use that influence that they have in the world. Many years ago, I, I really felt God leading me to pray for a, uh, a political leader of our country. He was going through a, a really difficult time, uh, and uh, he's being ripped apart by the news media, and I prayed for him. And after I got through praying for him, I really felt like God wanted me to send him a letter. So I, I wrote him a letter. I told him I was praying for him. And uh, I got a very personal letter back from him with his appreciation for for my prayers. Cultural leaders are interesting, okay? Sometimes it's a little frustrating because a person who might be a great sports figure, you know, is all of a sudden going to be commenting on politics or something, and just because he can shoot a basket doesn't mean he knows what he's talking about, but politics, you know. But these people have influence. People like Warren Buffett, Bono, 
the Dalai Lama, Angelina Jolene, Bill Gates, even Peyton Manning. Pray for them. Pray for them that they would use their influence in the world to promote the cause of Christ. Number six, set your mind on Christ. Now this is a great, great one too. I really enjoy interspersing this one in my devotional life from time to time. Think about a different role of Christ each day of the week. For instance, Monday, you might focus on Christ as the deliverer. On Tuesday, focus on Christ as the good shepherd. On Wednesday, Christ as Lord and Master. On Thursday, Christ as God. Friday, Christ as man. Saturday, Christ as light. Sunday, Christ as friend. You can just go on and on and on. Meditate each day on what that title means to you. Find verses to support that title. Uh, There are many apps on the internet that can lead you to those verses. Or or maybe spend a week on just one title of God. Okay, one title of Christ. Get in greater depth. Number seven, I like this one, wallop somebody. Okay, wallop someone. W, the word of God. Share something God has spoken to you about from his word with somebody. So you go to your devotional time, you say, Lord, speak to me something that I can share with somebody else. Okay, let's share the word of God. Oh, observe a need in someone's life. You look for the subtle as well as the obvious. You know, Lord, as, as I'm getting together with you, share you know, make, give me a heart that's sensitive to see the needs of other people. And, and let's make it our goal this week to find at least one person whose need I can bear. L, listen to someone share their burdens. You know, draw that person out. Uh, use good questions, or open-ended questions to, to, to let them share their burden. And then use that in your devotional time with the Lord. Say, Lord, lead me to scripture that I can share with that person that will meet their need. Uh, E, encourage someone by telling them what you see God doing in their life. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about with taking someone out for lunch. You know, Lord, uh, open my eyes to see how people have, have ministered to me that I can go back and tell them about. And then P just stands for praying for someone. You know, one thing I really like about our church here, and especially Pastor Chad, is, is there's not a service that goes by that isn't said, if you want someone to pray for you. And then Pastor Chad doesn't just stand around waiting for people to come up to him, does he? Uh-uh. You know, he, he starts, you know, nobody's coming up to me, I'm going to them. And I don't know how many times he's come up to me and said, Cal, can I pray for you today? You know, praying for someone. Eight, explore unknown territory in your devotional life. Select a book of the Bible that you have not read or haven't studied. 
perhaps a minor prophet. Now, most of the minor prophets are short, okay? Doesn't take much time to read through them. A lot of Christians have never in their life ever read some of the minor prophets. I mean, Nahum and Habakkuk and, you know, all of those. You know, go to a minor prophet. Find some commentaries on that book. You know, why is that book in the Bible? What does it say about God? What does it say about humanity? Let's get off into some unchartered territory and let God speak to us from there. Oh, number nine I really like. Take a vow of silence. Hmm. You know, God doesn't do a lot of shouting in the Bible. He doesn't. Often, God waits for us to stop talking before he talks. Have you ever been with someone who just talked on and on and on and on? And you'd really like to get a word in. You would like to say something, but the opportunity isn't there. The old adage is you learn more by listening than by talking. It's quite true. It's true with God. 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12. Then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Behold, the Lord is about to pass by. And a great and mighty wind tore into the mountain and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a still, small voice. That's how God often speaks to us. In a still, small voice. If we are surrounded by noise, now this is getting more and more true the older I get, the more noise in the room, the less I understand anybody who's talking to me, okay? The, all the noise just kind of drowns out understanding that voice. Take a temporary vow of silence. I'm talking 12 to 24 hours, okay? But it means more than not talking. It means removing yourself as much as possible from the noise that's around you. If you're a mother with small children, good luck on that one. <laughs> okay? Might not work. Unless you can get dad to watch the children and that. But what I mean is, no TV, no radio, no CD, no Pandora, no Spotify, no Netflix, no noise around you that's going to drown out the voice of God. Sit in absolute silence. Get rid of all the noise. Some people have to have noise around them all the time. The TV in the background, the radio in the background, music in the background, okay. I wonder if that keeps them from hearing the voice of God because they're focusing, even in their subconscious, on the words and things that are going on. 
Some people might be afraid to sit in total silence. It might be a kind of a nerve-jarring experience for some people to just sit in total silence, allowing God to speak to them. You might have to leave your house, by the way. You might have to go somewhere else to get to the quiet, okay? Um, one lady said, hey, I can't do it at home. He says, the, the undone laundry is yelling at me the whole time. That's okay, good. Find a place. Find a place that's quiet. Find a place with no chores yelling at you. Find a place of quiet. Number 10, practice purpose, purposeful neglect. You know, like Martha, some of us are so busy doing so many good things that we do not take time to be with the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing good things until you're doing so many good things that you, you don't have time to listen to God speak to you. Analyze your schedule for a week or for a month. You know, what, what things can you leave out of your schedule without harm to yourself or others? And choose to neglect those things for a period of time. Devote that time to reading the Word and, and prayer. I've had missionaries and pastors tell me that their ministry keeps them so busy all the time that they never have time to spend with God. Isn't that sad for a missionary or a pastor? Is it any less sad for you and me that we would be so busy doing good things that we would neglect the most important thing and that's just being with God? Number 11, write your own Bible paraphrase. There is a Bedeutsch translation of the Bible. You'll probably never see it at Zondervan's or any other there. It's, a, it's just my notebooks of my writing and personalizing what I've read in Scripture. Praying through a verse and personalizing. For instance, we all know John 3.16, For God so loved the world. Okay? But Deutsch translation says, For God so loved Cal Bedeutsch that he gave his only begotten son, that if Calba Deutsch would believe in him, he would have everlasting life. It's personalizing the scripture. Paraphrase it. Modernize it, if you want. Now, don't think it's inspired. Okay, it's not the inspired word of God, but you are just taking the word of God and you're making it real to yourself. Write it out. Refer back to it. Uh, you know, use it to share with others, especially when you take them out for lunch. Say, you know, I was reading in Ephesians and, and you know, it really spoke to me when I put my name in there. And finally, number 12. Take a focused hike. People have been telling me to take a hike for a long time. 
but go for a long walk or a hike. But before you go, ask God to give you spiritual eyes that you might see everything through his spiritual lenses. Now, this is a fun one. I really enjoy this one. Taking a common, everyday thing and making a spiritual application from it. For instance, you're off on your hike and you see a path. What does that path remind you of spiritually? The Bible talks about the wide path, it talks about the narrow path, okay? Make a spiritual application about seeing that path. You see a broken limb. What, is, what does that remind you of? What spiritual truth or principle does that remind you of? It rains while you're on your, your hike. Okay, what does that remind you? Well, into everyone's life, rain must come. Rain is important for growth. You know, rain is like the difficult times in my life. Okay, and, and without them, I don't grow. And it might not be pleasant. You know, just everything you see, relate it to God in some way. Make it some kind of a spiritual application. How might a tree remind you of a spiritual truth? Well, you could go anywhere from the tree of knowledge and evil in the Garden of Eden to uh, the cross to, you know, it, it could just remind you of spiritual things. I've given you 12 this morning. 12 concrete things that you can do to spice up your spiritual life. Now, there's many more. <laughs> well, I could go on for hours and hours and hours by myself here uh, <laughs> talking about them. But come up with your own. If your walk with God has become routine, it's time for a new life to be breathed into it. If we keep doing the same thing the same way, what are we going to get? Same results. Okay. So, I'm going to give you a decision moment right now. Okay. Pick one thing right now that you want to do this week. It might be one of my 12. It might not be one of my 12. Pick one thing you want to do this week. If you got a pen, put a star by it. Think of when you want to do it. You know, we, we, we make all sorts of, of, of good, you know, intentions. Oh yeah, I want to do one this week. When are you going to do it? You're going to do it Monday? You're going to do it Tuesday? Come on, commit. When are you going to do it? An intention without a time stamp on it is just a wish, just a hope. By the way, today or tomorrow are the two best choices because if you put it off further than that, you'll probably forget. Okay? And then I would like you to do something for me. I want you to tell me how it went. I want you to come up and say, Cal, I tried, you know, the, um, let me pick one. 
praying without using I, me, or my. Didn't work. I sat there silently <laughs> for 20 minutes, couldn't say a word. That's fine. That's good. You tried. You did something. You moved forward. Okay, try another one. Or maybe you tried one and it worked real well. So, you know, my, my, my devotional life really picked up this week. I tried a couple of these things and, wow, that, that, the, the variety really, really sparked something within me. And I'm, 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 I'm really excited again about my spiritual life. Whatever it is, I don't care. Tell me next week or the week after or whatever. I'd love to hear how you did, okay? Well, this morning, we got out of the abstract and we got in the concrete, okay? And I hope that maybe some of these ideas might be beneficial to you. And now we'll all look forward to Pastor Chad being back next week (laughs) and teaching the Word of God. Let's pray. Lord, you are so good to us. And Father, you could have made this world just black and white, no color, no variety, just just dull. But you didn't. And you didn't because you wanted us to enjoy life. And Father, our walk with you doesn't have to be just black or white. Do this, do that, it's over, we're done for the day. But Father, you have given us variety so that we can enjoy you in many, many different ways. So we can allow you to lead and direct us. So that our our prayer time isn't just, I want this, I want that. But Lord, what do you want? And Father, I pray that maybe today that someone will get something that will turn their, their time with you around, will make it more exciting. Maybe they never thought of variety. Maybe they were just taught that you do this and this and it's over. Father, open their eyes, expand their vision to what you can do in their personal relationship with you. Thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity you've given me to to just share what was on my heart. And Father, may we grow together in the knowledge and in the love that we have for you. For I pray in Christ's name, amen.